Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.
Hanging Sloth Studios presents Clockwork Bird or the Modern Icarus. Hi Shelley, would you like me to read this file aloud to you? <sighs> yeah, okay. Okay, stop, Eliza, it's fine, I'll read it myself. Okay, Shelley, is there anything else I can help you with? <sighs> no, thanks. Okay, Shelley. <sighs> Thank God she's shut up. <laughs> Eliza playing up again. It's an old file, and she's struggling to read it out loud, that's all. Ah, I see. Oh, come on, it's a figure of speech. Sorry, I know. Well, if you're getting an old file format, I suppose it's not properly screen reader friendly, which is no good to me. I can ask Taylor to record the audio. No, I can do it. You sound very keen. But Taylor looked like he had a lot on this morning, that's all. I'll take it home with me. No need. There's an empty office down the hall. It's not much more than a broom cupboard. Oh, great. Hello, Shelley. Looks like you're reading a file. Would you like me to read it Christ, to you? no. Thanks, Eliza. Is there anything else I can help you with? No. Okay, Shelley. <sighs> okay, so statement dated 1st of April 2026. Claimant is the United Kingdom against UCO Industries Limited regarding data protection infringement. Statement of Dr. Samuel Maxwell's. Um, statement begins. <clears throat> Growing up, I was always very interested in how things work. My father was an engineer in the Royal Air Force and even after he retired, he always had his hands in something and was more than happy to let me help, or more likely get in the way, from the moment I was old enough to reliably hold a wrench. I think he was disappointed that I ended up choosing medicine over engineering. I did my medical degree at Hull York Medical School, passed with flying colours, though I won't deny it was certainly a grind. It was actually whilst I was in my second year before I'd really been let loose on any humans aside from cadavers that I met Christopher Darwin. I think it was his name that interested me at first. I was at a university gala of sorts, lots of interesting academic types rubbing shoulders, and a friend of mine nodded at him across the room and told me he was Charles Darwin's great-great-grandson. He was a tall, broad man, with a head of dull red hair that had once been styled but had since grown out and hung untidily about his shoulders. There was something greasy about his look, sleazy even, he looked more like a gangster than a scientist and nothing like the wise and bearded sage his famous ancestor had been. He was not a medical doctor, someone told me. Or maybe he told me himself. It's hard to recall now it's been so long. Instead, he specialised in nanorobotics. Like I say, this was some time ago before everyone was chipped and the best excuses for computer assistance were being made by Google and Apple, so I was impressed when he told me that he had managed to get 100 gigabytes of storage onto a chip smaller than a grain of rice. He couldn't get it to do anything at that point, of course, that would come later, but he was becoming something of a name in certain academic circles, from the way everybody kept deferring to him in conversations. I didn't run into Darwin for another decade or so, and by then we were up to our necks in that coronavirus business. I was working in New York at the time, having just completed an extra couple of years study and was flourishing as a reconstructive surgeon, working out of small private practice about five minutes walk from Central Park. Even our little surgery was feeling the effects of the virus, but nonetheless, Darwin came in one day. Even with a protective mask over his face, I recognised him instantly. He had no memory of me, of course. I was hardly the sprightly 19-year-old I'd been when I'd shaken his hand at the gala. 
He was polite enough and asked me if I wanted to sit in on the meeting he was having with a couple of the more senior doctors in our practice. I said that I would be honoured. I hadn't heard a whisper about him since I'd left university, but we didn't move in the same circles, and that a nanoroboticist would be dropping by a practice like ours was enough to pique my interest. Darwin had brought with him a briefcase, the shiny silver kind that looks like it has been made out of industrial flooring. Nestled within the padding of the lining of the briefcase was a device, coiled carefully, small enough that it could fit in the palm of my hand. He claimed it was an artificial synapse, that it could be used to relay information from the brain to parts of the body previously paralysed. I don't need to explain why this sounded absurd. We don't understand enough about the human brain or how synapses successfully relay information. It's a category error, you see, to think of the human brain as being anything like a computer. Brains are malleable, adaptable, in a way computers cannot be, even when they use the most advanced and impressive algorithms and machine learning. Darwin smiled when this issue was raised. The synthnaps, as he called it, was not attempting to be a brain, only a single synapse. It could carry a limited amount of information, and only information of a very specific kind. Well, our resident neurologist laughed right in his face, as you can imagine. One synapse is not enough to reconnect a paralysed limb to the brain. Darwin smiled again. He posited that if damage were limited to an area of synapses, using the synapse as a sort of biological bypass would allow communication between the brain and the rest of the body beyond that damaged part to proceed as normal. He then proceeded to pull up his sleeve, revealing one of the coiled devices he held in his hand was thoroughly embedded into his forearm. He had been in an accident several years before, which had left him with no use of two fingers on his right hand. He demonstrated the functionality he had in his hand, tapping each finger to his thumb once, twice. This wasn't proof enough, of course. Darwin charitably let us rig him up with all manner of diodes so we could monitor the synaptic currents in his arm, but of course, there was still no proof that it was the synapse making any of this possible. Not until we jammed the end of a screwdriver into the part of it that had intermittently been flickering a thin white light. The readings for his hand stopped immediately. Of course, to double-check, we made him sit in full headgear and try again so we could tell that he was, indeed, trying to move the fingers on his hand, but could not. Darwin jammed the screwdriver in again, and, as if by magic, his hand was fully functional. I could not stop grinning. One of my colleagues audibly gasped. The synapse worked. The implications for such a device were astronomical, but, unfortunately, so was the price. That's why he had come to us, to see if we might offer his device to our patients at full price on the basis that it was experimental treatment. That was it. There was no mention of tracking data or cookies or anything like that. Just a miracle treatment that really worked. When the head of the practice asked if anybody would like to volunteer to learn how to implant the devices, I leapt at the opportunity. I had my fair share of patients who had mobility issues as the result of accidents, and to be honest, I couldn't resist. It was fascinating. I learned how to perform the procedure to implant the synapse, and within six months, I had my first patient on the table. Let me tell you, there is nothing quite like seeing a woman who has not been able to move her toes for a decade wiggle them delightedly as a result of your own handiwork. Word sped fast, and by the end of the first year, I was performing two or more synapse implants a week. We were helping people, and like I said, I had no idea about the data. If you want to know about that, you're going to have to talk to Dr Bennett. That was always her field, not mine and I can only tell you as much as I know, and that's that the data was being stored improperly, and someone was able to find out that they were taking it. As far as I know, it was completely anonymised anyway. 
I'm not a neurologist and I only know as much about synapses as any other surgeon, perhaps a little more because of the synapses, but I don't see how data like that could be used to harm anyone and I frankly can't see what all of this fuss is about. It's not as if it's important, is it, what the messages your brain sends down your arm might to make your fingers wiggle look like. I imagine there is going to be a big fanfare about how we've been stealing people's thoughts, but that couldn't be further from the truth. It's just signals, impulses, that's all. Signed, Dr Samuel Maxwells. <sighs> I mean, I knew about the synapses. I know a couple of people with them fitted, but... I suppose they were collecting the data so they could use it to program the synthetic limbs. I know they had the Hithai base facility by then. I'd be surprised if Sam really had no clue what they were using it for, especially if Sophie Bennett was already involved in NUCO. Do you need some help? I... No, I'm fine. Okay, Shelley. I mean, it's not like you see people with synthetic limbs every day or anything, but I can't imagine them not being plastered all over billboards everywhere. Do you need any help? That's what gets me about it. They still use pictures of him. Robin Yeager. He's in half their advertisements, even though they've released newer versions of the limbs now. I swear. Every other ad, there he is. Okay, Shelley. I remember the first one I ever saw. I was with... Do you need any help? No, I'm fine. I was in London to see a show, and there he was. Taking up the whole side of a building. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it now, but I thought he was pretty good looking at the time. (laughs) I mean, can you blame me? All that black hair and his chest was almost as perfectly sculpted as the black carbon limbs fused to it. To be honest, it was his eyes. The photo was doctored, obviously, and I never got to see them in person, but they were this incredible shade of green. Like a field in spring or leaves from a rainforest. Do you need any help? Yeah. These cases, the Yuko ones. How many of them were won by the complainant? One case with the term Yuko was successfully won by the complainant. Which one? Case number 7080. Who was the complainant? Yuko against Unique Corporations London Limited for copyright infringement. Shit. Sorry, Shelley. Can I help you with anything else? God. What am I doing? Sitting here talking to a computer. I need to get out more. Do you need any help? I don't know. Jesus. Do you need any help? I chalked it up to him being blown up to ten times normal human size and the photo being heavily edited, but I swear, even then, despite how gorgeous those eyes were, there was there was something missing from them. Almost like he was... Hello? I'm heading off. Just wanted to make sure you're doing the same. Shit, I didn't realise the time. Well, don't hang about the station after I'm gone, all right? Taylor's still here. She's just finishing some paperwork. Did you finish dictating that statement? Oh, yeah, I did. And? Nothing um, particularly useful to us. Uh, That's one less thing for us to worry about, I suppose. I suppose. Well, I'll see you in the morning. Oh, I, um... Oh, it is a figure of speech. Good night, Shelley. Right. Good night. Clockwork Bird or the Modern Icarus is a podcast distributed by Hanging Source Studios under a Creative Commons share-alike international license. This episode stars Daisy Jane Major as Shelley, Gary Major as Dave, and me, Writer, director and producer, Pippin Aramajor, as Eliza and the Snake. 
Find us online at hangingslothstudios.wordpress.com. Tweet us at hangingsloths or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hangingslothstudios. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.